what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show if you've never listened to the show before each week uh myself and a guest or two take a film we've never seen before we uh talk about our expectations for it what we're gonna think we will get out of the film and then the following week we come back with an episode talking about our experience with the film whether or not it lived up to our expectations and our general thoughts on uh the films we watched so this week um i'm joined by slade oren hey everybody and Robert Mayo. I'm here. And we're going to be talking about uh, North by Northwest from Alfred Hitchcock and the latest entry in the Mission Impossible franchise, Mission Impossible... Rogue Nation? Rogue Nation. Yeah, got it. Yep. Um, but five. before we get started, yeah, have you been watching anything this last week? Um, like I was saying last week, um, been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Started it. Um, I finished the first season, and it was good. Um, like... I was I was talking to Mayo um, earlier. He he was completely accurate with the first half of the ser- the season one being pretty bad, not great, and nope. <laughs> seven eight episodes. Once it hits though, it's really good. Like it's really good to where you want to like, oh, I got to see what happens next. Hmm. You know, it gets you right around that time and like at, right after uh, Captain America two Winter Soldier, yeah. um, when like Hydra is revealed and there's this big twist and you don't know who's good, who's bad, and Spoiler all this. Spoiler alert, I guess. It's old. Yeah, it's, two, it's three years old at this Yeah, point. whatever. But anyway, right around that time, it gets really good. Um, and a lot of the characters kind of change a little bit, and you get some growth, and um, it just becomes like a good show. Yeah. For me, it picked up really right around the mid-season finale. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. So I've been watching that, and that's been a surprise, and I've really enjoyed that. And that's pretty much it. I don't think I've really been watching anything else. So, yeah. There you go. What about you, Robert? What have I watched besides the required entertainment? <laughs> you started watching Hannah. Yeah, I started watching Hannah. I made it probably three quarters of the way through. I'm not really sure. Uh, so that's a pretty good little spy thriller. Yeah. Hannah? What, what, what yeah. I heard about. Uh, Eric Banana and... <laughs> Eric Banana. Eric, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric Banana and... Uh, oh, what's her name? Ronan. I don't know how to say it. Searshay. Ronan. Sayuris or whatever, yeah. Sirsha Ronan and Kate Blanchett? Is Kate Blanchett in? Yeah, yeah. She plays some oh. Southern American person and it's weird. Yeah. Okay, I do remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. I saw it. It's kinda weird. Yeah. It's got like a crazy score from the Chemical Brothers and Huh. Yeah, it just looked kinda odd. Yeah. You know? like it was it was interesting indie. to follow. I just got tired and turned it off. Yeah. I did <laughs> that enough. the last time I tried watching it too. <laughs> <laughs> Must not be that interesting. <laughs> I liked it. I saw it in theaters, though. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that makes more sense. It was You're more of a captive audience in the theater. Yeah, definitely. Eric Bana is really, really good in that movie. Main Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bandana. <laughs> I like that way more than Banana. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't think I've watched anything else, really. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really watched anything else either, except uh, I started listening to the show... 
called the Black Tapes Podcast, and it's really good. It's fake. It's scripted. Okay. So it's like it's like an NPR podcast, but meets the X Files. Okay, with like strange and weird stuff. Yeah, it's like paranormal stuff. Yeah. Like so, the setup is that it's this woman who hosts this show. That's supposed to be about people with interesting jobs, and she, um, her first episode is going to be about paranormal uh, activity, okay. like paranormal investigators, and she finds this guy who like debunks paranormal stuff for a living, but he's got this like collection of tapes, um, of VHS tapes that are in black cases. All the solved ones are in white cases, and all the black ones are in are unsolved, and they're in black cases. So called the black tapes yeah it's just the x-files yeah Yeah. so it's just the (laughs) x-files um and so it's just them like solve like not solving necessarily but like digging into the black tapes and like going back and revisiting them with her hosting the podcast but but it's fake it's fake it's all scripted like like the x-files is real and this is fake no, 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 like, <laughs> like an NPR yeah. podcast is real. <laughs> yes, just like that. <laughs> like that documentary, The X-Files. <laughs> right? um, that's a documentary. Right? Yeah, 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 definitely. So that's, it's really good. It's one of the most well-produced podcasts I've ever heard. Because yeah. it just, it sounds so much like an NPR podcast. Like every once in a while I have to remind myself like, oh yeah, they're making all this up. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's just like a radio show. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly like cool. a radio show. That's interesting how we've come full circle on that. Exactly. <laughs> how, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> how do radio shows come back? Yeah. But, well, I don't think we've necessarily come full circle, because, like, not that many people. Yeah. It's true. Like, it's, it's, getting, it's getting bigger and bigger, though. Yeah. It's more common. Yeah. It's harder yeah. to access them. Yeah. Definitely. Then, you know, you have to do more work to seek them out. Yeah. I mean, I still had to explain to my mom what a podcast was, so, I mean, yeah. we're, not, we're not there yet. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think it's, I think with each year it's getting there. I think once, like, once there's, like, a a standard, like, here's how you get podcasts, there's going to be something, but. One day. Yeah. I don't know. Apple's trying. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. But, like, I'm an Android user, and so it's, like, I have to download, like, Beyond Pod, which is this, like, third-party app. And so I think there's, like, I think there has to be something that's across all platforms that we can use. But. Apple's like kind of the reason podcasts exist. So mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to be like, oh yeah, random third party that's also on Android, come here. Yeah, iTunes is big. Yeah. That's where I do all my podcasts, basically. Yeah. And listen to them and get them. In. So, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, Black Taste Podcast is really good. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It's like kind of like super creepy. It's super creepy. Yeah, I don't know. I got okay. like kind of weirded out by it. Okay. I probably won't check it out then. So, yeah. so small doses? Yeah. Like, I was listening to it while I was driving home from work last night, and I was like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Because it was, like, about this... The, the one I was listening to was about this band called Haster Rising, which... Okay. Yeah. Which, like, it was about the unsound. I don't know if you know what the unsound is. I have not is. heard of that. Is that, like, white noise or something? No. The unsound... Uh, the way they explain it... I don't know if it's a real thing, and I'm not about to Google it because it was it creeped me out. But it was, the way they explained it on the show, I imagine it's something that, like, is a thing, quotes. Yeah, it's um, like a legend. Yeah. It's a thing. But it's supposed to be, like, a demon that, like, there's no proof as to whether or not it's artificial or natural. So it's like Schrodinger's noise. Okay. But, like, the, the, <laughs> the like, mythological reason is that, like, 
it's a demon calling out to whoever listens to it to like bring them into our world. Okay. And but everyone who hears it dies within a year of hearing it. Okay, so like the ring, but, the noise. Yeah, but noise and like kind of Lovecrafty, but also yeah, demons. that sounds. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm I'm good. Yeah. So yeah, it's just stuff like that. But it, it's fake. It is fake. <laughs> It is a fake podcast. Doesn't sound like it. It's a, it's a scripted show. Um, yeah, cool. We'll take a quick break very quickly in the uh, show and come back and talk about North by Northwest and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Sweet. And we're back. So this week we took on uh, Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest, and we're going to talk about that first. Um, so brief summation of your expectations and then what you thought about the movie. Slade, ready, go. Uh, <laughs> um, I was expecting very Hitchcockian and a little bit of intrigue. I was basically expecting the man who knew too much, which is like kind of this guy who falls in with spies and is trying to figure everything out. With but with Cary Grant instead, um, that's what I was expecting, and what I got was that basically, yeah, which is totally fine with me. So um, it was it was good. I was kind of I wanted it to be better than it was. Um, there was a few things that like kind of bugged me about it, but that might be just because of the time and when it was made and what audi- what kind of audience it was made for. It's a lot different than today's audience and yeah. like me viewing it versus someone in '59 viewing it when it came out. Um, so I think that was the main thing. But overall, it was just really good. Um, really well well shot. Great shot composition. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get into that more. But yeah, overall, it met my expectations. So. Nice. Robert? Uh, my expectations, I guess, was just a good classic movie. Because that's all I've ever heard about it. I didn't know a lick about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I haven't seen that many Hitchcock films or any classic films, really, to compare it to. Um Except James Bond movies yeah. from that time period. Oh, yeah. Like Dr. Uh, no. And yeah. That's but I knew it wasn't going to be quite like that. Um, but, yeah. I mean, what it was was... I, you know, I, I actually expected it to be a little bit boring. Because that's just kind of how I see old movies <laughs> compared to today's movies. Yeah. Uh, a lot slower. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't boring. I mean, it wasn't as action-packed, which I was not expecting action, really. Yeah. But the characters are written so well... And the plot is paced so well that it just keeps you engaged up until, like, the last 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, like, still interesting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I actually... My expectations were that it would be great because Hitchcock, like, he doesn't have a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> um, it's true. And it was mostly great. I agree with you a lot, actually. It was really engaging until, like, maybe the last half hour. And I was like, you can end. You can end. And then yeah. it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second, actually, because I want to get your guys' full thoughts on it. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. Kind of felt like a proto James Bond movie to me, a little bit. I could see that. Um, Cary Grant just looks so much like Sean Connery. He does look like, like I didn't even re- like realize how much he does look. And like, like his suit mm-hmm. looks very similar yeah, to yeah. Sean Connery's suit and Doctor Gray Nail. suit. Yeah. yeah. And so I liked the the aspect of, like, mistaken identity. I mm-hmm. thought they did a really good job on that. 
And I thought it was paced super well. Because, like, you kind of get introduced to this guy, and then the very next scene, he's getting kidnapped. And, like, off goes the plot, and you're like, whoa, that was real fast, actually. Yeah, that's something I actually really liked about it, is even from the very beginning, it's, like, going. Like, stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a million people, like, walking all over the place. It's New York City. It's busy. And then uh, it starts with him just walking. You know, like, he's he's in a rush. Yeah. You know, so right from the beginning, you start off and you're moving, you know, and you, it's automatically creating that movement and, like, pushing forward kind of effect, which is really cool. Yeah. I really like the opening credits, where it was, like, the latitude and longitude lines. Yeah. And was then cool. it was the credits on them, and then it dissolved into the building, and it was the same yeah. pattern. And I was like, that was yeah. so cool. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was a building for a while, but yeah. I was like, oh, glare. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you saw, like, the reflection of the street. I don't know. The shot composition in that was, yeah. was so good. Back when they made you sit through all the credits in the beginning of the yeah. movie? Yeah. I kind of like that. They yeah. should bring that back. Why I think they do so that too. anymore? I think so, too. I agree. Right? They just made you, and then you get to hear the overture... Of the mm-hmm. score, and you get to just sit through the credits. Yeah. I don't know. I just like it. I do, too. Um, yeah, what were you guys, like, what did you guys think of the performances in the movie? Um, they were pretty good. Um, I, I like, the best part was, uh, what, Eva Marie Saint? Mm-hmm. Um, her character, she's the best part of the movie, in my opinion. I feel like she holds the most, um, she's the most interesting character. Um, they give her a really interesting things to do. And she's just really charismatic. Like, as soon as, soon as she's on screen, she's interesting. And you'd want to know about her. And she's kind of mysterious. And she creates all this intrigue. Um, and that just, like, sucks you in. It sucked me in. Like, I was just like, oh, who is this? I want to know what she's about, what she's doing, you know, all of these things. And they kind of give you a dichotomy of, like, is she good? Is she bad? Like, is she lying here? Like, whose side is she on? You get a little bit of that. And that just kind of, like, help, helps it a lot. So, for me, she, she was the best part of the movie. Um, Cary Grant was fine. Uh, I didn't think he was amazing. Um, but he wasn't bad. He was just like, he's really good at like just carrying you through the story. You know, he, he behaves in ways that you think he should. Um, and it's just like unobtrusive. He's really good at just like being a part of, to facilitate the plot happening. Mm-hmm. Kind of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So those are, those are kind of my, um, and the bad guy was fine. He, he didn't really get enough. Was that yeah. James Mason? James Mason. Yeah. yeah and he was fine. Um, nothing stand out in my opinion. Yeah. But not bad either. Just serviceable. But that's yeah. kind of where I'm at for, in terms of performances and that sort of thing. Yeah, everyone was solid. Yeah, uh, even the, Even the minor characters were solid. There was nothing... I mean, yeah, Even no. if they weren't fully fleshed out, uh, solid performances were given. Uh, but kind of on the flip side, I think Cary Grant really carries the film well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's great. That yeah. I think he's... Well, I don't know if he's the best part, but he's definitely as... And equal to uh, okay, what what what, what makes her. you? Well, I don't. know. I just think he had really great dialogue. There um, is really and, great dialogue, and his um, the insertions of like little bits of humor all throughout the movie. It's really were, funny. We're always perfect. Yeah, he is really it's well really ex- well written, well executed. Yeah. Like he has really great lines. In that, that script movie. is fantastic. Yeah, he has really great lines, like really clever and witty. You're definitely right, and yeah. he does. And it, it, it always threw me off. Like, you're not expecting anything he says. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's I true. Yeah, you don't really know where he's coming from a lot of times. That's true. I guess I guess I didn't give him as much credit because I was just I was just so enamored with Ava Marie Saint and just, like, her character and what she was doing and how she was doing it and yeah. her charisma that he kind of just fell away. But thinking about it, I, you're right. He, he does add a lot that I didn't originally, you know, think about. So I thought that was great. 
Yeah, I thought Cary Grant was, he was my favorite performance in it. I actually really liked Martin Landau's henchman, the tall, skinny guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was great. He was, he was really good. good. He was so good. Um, I was reading on IMDb that um, this movie was made when the production code was still a thing, which was like kind of a, um, it was like a set of standards, like moral standards imposed like on Like a rating films. system, kind of? Kind of, but like, even more so like... Even more extreme than, like, a rating system. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty hardcore. And one of the things the production code people popped him on was that that henchman was too effeminate. Really? Yeah. Because I didn't pick up on Yeah, that. I didn't yeah. think that he was effeminate at all. At all. And I was like, what a weird time in American history. <laughs> like, <laughs> he had a slender face. Yeah. But that's just how his face Yeah, yeah he, he couldn't just, help that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they basically was, were like... He was pretty tall. Yeah, yeah he was tall. Aren't... That tall, usually. Yeah. Well, I think they were talking about like the way he carried himself was effeminate, which was also not true. Maybe I think the only thing they're they're picking up on is like how he was jealous of her um, relationship with the main bad guy. He was, like, oh, jealous yeah. of her being able to go to Europe and not him. And also, he's got that line about, um, he's a well-tailored man, about Cary Grant. Does um, he have that one? Yeah. I, I feel like the James Mason says a similar thing, too, though. Yeah. He, they talk about him being taller than they think he was, or, like, you know, and he's, like, well-dressed and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's Martin Landau's character. I was That's also in the IMDb trivia. Okay. The reason that line is in there is because, um... Cary Grant's personal tailor made all the clothes for Martin Landau okay. in that movie, okay. which is why he said he's a well-tailored man, because he was wearing Cary Grant's, basically, clothes. But on so Landau. not effeminate or gay no, at all. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I did not I did not get that at all. That's, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me either. Um, I just thought that was hilarious. But he was he was one of my favorite characters in the whole movie. I he just, was interesting. Yeah, I just really liked that guy when he was on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the henchmen were actually more interesting than the main villain. Yeah, the main villain, he didn't have a lot to do. You, you didn't really, he didn't get a lot of screen time or he didn't understand why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about, which is where we'll get to the ending, is Hitchcock loves to subvert expectations. Like, that's kind of like how he kind of got off as a filmmaker, really, <laughs> of just like setting you up for one thing and then it goes a different way. And it, like, it, he's so good at it He's so good at it. Um, you know, if you look at Psycho, the main character dies an hour into the two-hour movie. Yeah. And you're like, what are you going to do for an hour without your main actress? And then he makes it work, and it's amazing. And this one had a lot of that I picked up on, especially the ending. Because the ending is them on... There's no epilogue. There's no epilogue to this movie. No. It's just climax, credits. That's it. It's, yeah. Because that- it's just them on Mount Rushmore... And then, boom, they're in a train and everything's okay. Yeah. The end. Yeah. It's like, that. It's really kind of jarring. Yeah. It's very. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what did, did that work for you or not? The end? Yeah. That, like, two seconds at the end? Just the, the whole transition from, like, like, literally everything just stopped and there's no, there's no falling action at all. Um, I, I was okay with it because of how he transitioned it. Because he's, like, trying to save her from, like being falling off the cliff or whatever and you're like oh man is he gonna like save her or is she gonna fall like you don't know cause like she could easily die like what you don't know Hitchcock does whatever he wants so you're like oh I don't know and then all of a sudden he's like grabbing her hand to pull her onto a train right mm-hmm. and you're just like oh oh it's fine like that and I was kind of fine with that because of the transition of how it happened okay. you know what I mean cause I was like oh that was kind of clever wait 
oh, it's over now. So that like distracted me from the jarringness of it because uh-huh. of how it was how it was handled. Okay. Um, and I was kind of fine with it. I was kind of fine with like everything just being done because mm-hmm. you kind of got a little snip of once the guy gets shot and falls over, and they zoom over and they have like the CIA captured the main bad guy, and you're like, oh, okay, everything's fine. So they kind of give you like a little bit um, before that, and then once it happened, it's just like, oh, everything's done now. I was fine with it. What do you think? It didn't work for me. Really? No. <laughs> well, right before all that happened, I was like thinking to myself, I was like, man, this movie's been going on for a while. Because the movie's a little bit it's, long-winded. It's a little long. Yeah, I, that's, that's uh, a, And so I was like, I was checking the runtime on it, and I was looking at my phone, and I was like, is this movie going to end? And then it ended. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, but it ended. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I um, I was not okay with it, and I like thought about it in the shower i like went immediately and took a shower because i was like what just happened i was like this <laughs> movie too was so you. meticulously plotted and then all of a sudden it was like and eh, we're done like did they run out of money or like what what yeah. happened and then i got to thinking about it while i was in the shower and i'm okay with it because what i mean what what is there for falling action yeah everything's all right everything like there's no empty spots like there's no loose ends to tie up because he gives you everything you need in that one shot yeah. with the bad guy. I had to look up that the bad guy was standing there because I was like, yeah. "What happened?" To yeah, him? yeah even that happened quick. a little bit quick. Yeah. It's real quick. Yeah, um, but I mean, he gives you the information with the fact that they got saved from the cliff. Yeah, she's alive. They got married. They took the train trip. They were talking about like that. Two seconds has all those things. It hits all those points. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Like. There's no, there's no, it would just be extraneous to put, like, a whole epilogue about, you know, yeah. what's going to happen. Like, the professor's still just going to go be a CIA guy, and, like, Van, Van Damme's just going to go be in jail. Yeah, that's fine. But You're right. It's just very sudden. It's very I dark. feel like, yeah. I don't think it needed, like, a 20-minute epilogue. Right. Just, like, a couple minutes versus a couple seconds. <laughs> that's fair. Just let it kind of wind down instead yeah. of just, we're done. <laughs> just cut it off. We're yeah. Good. Um, but I think it was one of those Hitchcock, like, F with your expectations things, too, where it's just like, why do we need a falling action? What, yeah. what else, what, what is there to say? Don't yeah. need one. Here you go. And, yeah. Um, so I thought they were, that, that was the thing. The shot composition. Like yes. Is, yeah. I mean, that's, that was what stood out to me the most that I liked about it, is just how all, everything was framed really well. And there's a couple, like, two or three shots that I really, like, while I was watching the movie, I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, yeah. um, what was it? The, the shot that's like from above, um, after when he leaves, he's leaving the United Nations. Yeah. When he's leaving the UN building and it's like on top of a building and you see the side of a building and you see like from the top, mm-hmm. like basically bird's eye view straight down almost. And you see him walking to the, back to the taxi. Yeah. And it looks kind of like painted or something like the, the ground does, but then the building looks real. So it's like very cool. And it's just a cool angle. And it was just, like, really popped out. And, like, the way the sidewalk dissects the grass yeah. is really, like, really cool looking. It's, yeah. like, a really cool ge- geometric thing. Because you got the f- circle with the fountain in the bottom left-hand corner. Yeah. And then you've got, like, the triangle that it's making with the building. And, I don't know. It, Very yeah. visually interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It was really good to look at. So that's one of them. Um, the shot where the, the the plane is chasing him. The very iconic, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's on the cover, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That shot when the, when the camera, like, tracks in front of him as he's running towards it and the plane's coming at him. That very, like, very suspenseful and just looks really cool and yeah. gets a good vibe with that whole, that whole scene. That whole scene is shot really well. Yeah. Um, so there's a, that, that whole 
way it's shot and the way it looks, it just really did it for me personally. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things about the movie. Yeah, so. I, I agree. That scene, the plane scene, has like a really good momentum to it, especially that one shot. Like it's very like paranoid, and like the further it gets from it, and you're like, "There's no way he's gonna outrun this plane." Yeah. Like, what's going on? And there's so much build up to it. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. That scene's great. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, that scene specifically just looks really good, and it really just embodies that whole Hitchcock thing of like building that suspense and uh, making you feel it through through the way it's shot and the characters and the build up and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's one of the things I really liked about it. But. Yeah. Um, I really liked kind of, like, the Hitchcock references in it. Like, he's in it. Yeah, he's always be- in it. He, at the beginning. Um, yeah, he misses the bus because yeah, he just closes on him. Yeah. 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 He was just still in his same suit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really liked that the villain, his first thing is he walks in and he says, good evening, exactly how, like, Alfred Hitchcock said it on the Alfred Hitchcock show. Yeah. And then he, because that show always opened with him in silhouette. And he goes and creates his own silhouette. Like, he walks across the room <laughs> yeah. and, like, closes the curtains yeah. and then turns the lamp on and then stands in front of it. And I was like, this dude just created his own villain lighting. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. It's great. I don't know. Like, the more, the more I've been marinating in it all day, the more I've liked it. Yeah. Like, it ended and I was like, that was all right. The end was weird. And then the more I, like, became okay with the ending, the more the rest of the movie, like, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I liked it, too. I had a... Uh... I really only had, like, I had two problems with it. Um, first was I thought it was a little long, like you were saying. It is. Um, and mostly I feel like that's just because so, some shots and scenes just go on too long, longer than they need to. Um, like when, um, uh, Cary Grant and, uh, even Marie St. Clair on the, the train, they're like making out and stuff. That's fine, but it just like carries on a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, the scene where he's like driving drunk just kind of goes on a little too long. I love that part. I liked it. And there is actually some really good, the way that they filmed from his perspective, almost hitting stuff was actually pretty suspenseful and like looked pretty good considering, but it just like dragged on. Yeah. You know, he almost hits like 30 things. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just like, okay guys. (laughs) So stuff like that, it just like drags on a little bit too, too much. So if you could rope that in a little bit. Um, and secondly, I feel like they reveal too much information too fast. Like I said earlier, um, they reveal like, that there is no Kaplan way too early. So you know, and it takes away from some of the suspense of what he's going through, and it takes from you relating to Cary Grant, his story, and his, him trying to find him and figure out what's going on and like how he got mistaken for this guy. Um, when you know, oh, there isn't a guy, it just happened. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and the mystery of um, Eva Marie St. Clair's, her character kind of gets exposed a little too soon, I think. Um, but again, like, that's... That's me from, you know, 2015 saying this thing. But yeah. that, that was my only two things. I just, it could have been a little, um, more ambiguous. Um, cause that's the part I liked, you know, I liked that mystery and that's really what I was looking for. And it was still kind of there, you know, cause you still didn't know what was going to happen. It's still interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kept thinking though, it was like, if those scenes were removed, how much more interesting would it be? You know, that was my kind of my thought process when I was watching it. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, the only defense on that is like this was the first spy movie. Yeah, really? it's so yeah, it's like <laughs> um, so audiences then weren't they needed to be acclimated to it. I think. Yeah, I think, the entry would have too much. I think Hitchcock knew that. Yeah. Yeah. If he had saved all that for the end, everyone would just blow their minds out. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have waited. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It just like he had to create like a new grammar for a new genre of film, and so that's what he was doing. And we'll talk, I, I want to talk about this in a second. A lot of that grammar from this spy movie shows up in the movie yeah. we watched today. Like, it, it was crazy. It does, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> um, it's this. But, 
I totally forgot what I was going to say. You with me on that? The what I'm feeling about how that works or anything? How it was revealed too soon? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was fine with it. Though. You're fine like, with it. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't really bother me all that much. Yeah, I just felt like because I really wanted to know, and then they just told me, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like it just like took yeah. away a lot of that suspense that was building, which is weird because I feel like Hitchcock is so good at creating that suspense, mm-hmm. and I kept, like I said, I kept comparing it to The Man Who Knew Too Much, which that movie you have no idea what's going on for most of it, right? Until like the end. And then it still builds because there's like this plot to, you know, kill these people and stuff. So that that's what I was comparing to. And I was like, oh, I thought that movie did it a lot better than this movie. I don't know what the yeah. order of them is. Well, yeah. you were talking about it earlier. Like, the reason Hitchcock made this movie was not to be suspenseful, right? It wasn't supposed to be like his typical Yeah, so I was fair. reading that. <laughs> that um, makes sense. Yeah, that he he had just come off of Vertigo, which is like super dark. Yeah, Vertigo is pretty dark. And so he wanted to make something not that dark, and um, that's why he made this. He just like wanted people to have a good time with one of his movies, and so that's why he made it. And like the thing I was reading about is, um, I had read on IMDb that if you look at the movie, uh, Cary Grant's on the left side of the screen for most of the movie, like almost every shot with him in it, he's on the left side of the screen. Okay. And I was trying to find like a symbolism in that. And then um, Hitchcock, I read a direct quote from Hitchcock where he was like, yeah, there's no, like, there's not really any symbolism in the movie, so don't really try to look for a bunch. Okay. Except the end, when the train goes in the tunnel, right before they have sex, that's, be- that's sex. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he, he was like, yeah, I definitely meant it to be phallic. And I was like, <laughs> oh, weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's probably unnecessary. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. See, that's just... I totally agree with you. Yeah. And it was... It, like, there was a lot of choices he made. I feel like that made it less, like, extreme or intense than it yeah. could have been. Yeah, because that movie could have been, like, snap your nerves paranoia. Yeah. yeah. And he just didn't want to make that kind of movie. Yeah. So he didn't. But it it's still great. Like, it's really fun. Yeah. Like, you're... Because you're just, like, with him the whole way. And you, you're, like... He does everything you want him to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, yeah. And you're, like, rooting for him. And Yeah. And there's, like... There's, like, the way the bad guys behave is, like, really creative. Like, the getting him drunk and then putting him behind the wheel of the car. Yeah. Like, I was, like... Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And, like, when the car chase was happening, I was, like, this is so cool. Because, like, that's such a crazy yeah. idea. It's never been mimicked in any yeah. modern movies. Like, it's like, what? I've never seen that. Before. Yeah. How, how have I not seen that ever again? Yeah. That's such a good idea. It, it was. Yeah. I feel like there's some sort of code where they can't do that because it's like showing someone drunk driving and coming oh, out maybe. okay at the end. Like, I'm wondering if... Because <laughs> I remember... I feel like... I, this might be wrong, but I feel like now it's if you show anyone... Anyone using a tobacco product and not getting hurt from it in a movie, it's an automatic R rating. I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. No, that would make sense to me, actually. The restrictions on tobacco are absurd. Yeah, it's nuts. And it's legal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can watch people do hardcore drugs or, like, really, like, pervasive, terrible things in movies. Yeah. You know, like torture. That's fine. But you smoke a cigarette. Nope. Done. Yeah. That's kind of how society is. Yeah, that's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, so I've heard that, like, so if that's like that on freaking cigarettes, I feel like showing someone drunk driving and then being fine at the end, I don't know. I feel like. $2 fine. Yeah, his $2 fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then even Marie Saints, like, I paid the, the bellhop, like, $5 to have him seat you with me. And I was like, that's more than double the fine you had to pay, man. It's like $10,000 in today's society. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> 10000 If you compare $2 fine yeah. for drug, yeah, right? That's true. Yep. Also, when they were filming at Mount Rushmore, this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. I mean, it has something to do with the movie. When they were filming at Mount Rushmore... Eva Marie Saint said she was shocked because Cary Grant was charging 15 cents a person to get his autograph. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. And she was like, you don't need money, man. <laughs> That's so good. He got paid $450,000 to be in this movie. Wow. Yep. And then the studio took 310000 of it away because he, the movie shot over schedule for like six weeks. That's why it ended so quick. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. Okay, so about the ending. What about, besides the jarring, you said the last, like, 30 minutes? What was it? You didn't I just like was it? ready for the movie to be over. Okay. Yeah, it just took a while to okay. get there. I, yeah. I, I, that's funny, because I totally agree with you. Like, once she shoots him fakely with the blanks and everything, he yeah. and he wakes up, and they have the little meeting, and yeah. then, it keep, then it keeps, then going. keeps going. After that, I'm like, well, I don't even care about this anymore. Yeah. And then he, like, sneaks over to their place, and he hears the, that they find out, and I, I cared again. That made it's me weird. care a little bit so more. So I cared for I didn't care for like five minutes, and then I was back in. It was like weird. Also, yeah. he was scaling those rocks in that house, and he's in his mid fifties when they filmed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? And he had those weird, those like dress shoes on. Yeah, I kept thinking that. I was like, how? That's impressive. Yep. And like, uh, I I liked that this movie like had a surprise MacGuffin in it. Like, um, what do you mean? The MacGuffin. Yeah, you guys know what a MacGuffin is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, you gotta go get the statue. Like, now oh, everyone's oh, fighting oh, over the yeah, statue. Yeah, the microfilm. Yeah. Which was really obvious, because that was the only thing he was carrying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess at the time, that probably wasn't yeah. as obvious. Um, but yeah, they were like, you gotta go get this microfilm now. And it was like, whoa, late in the game, freaking, like, object everyone's fighting over. Like, Yeah, well, that was just the evidence that he was a bad guy. Yeah. So, I guess yeah. that makes sense. But it was just like, I mean, because like all the Marvel movies now are like from the start. It's like, there's a box, everybody wants the box. Yeah. Watch Maltese, everyone fight over the box yeah. credits. Maltese um, Falcon. Yeah. Stuff knows? like that. Yeah. Um, and this one was just like, like spy thriller and then just like. Get the statue. Yeah, get the statue. And I was like, whoa. All right. Shifting gears. Um, I also really liked how he was like pretty good at being a spy, even though he wasn't a spy. He was pretty good at being a spy. She even remarks about that. Yeah. When they're she, like, yeah, when they're in the, the like compartment or whatever, how he could make, he could t- sell anything to anyone oh, and yeah, like yeah. make anyone do anything. Because he's a marketing specialist. Yeah, because he's a marketing guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he can like kind of lie to people you. and manipulate yeah. people and stuff. So that I like how they kind of set it up of like how a person like this might be actually somewhat effective in this situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's just like, just amplify what he do- normally does. You know? Yeah, because his whole thing is to read and manipulate people. Yeah, and I like how when he's pretending to be a CIA agent appoints the bad guy to set up the fake shooting and stuff, how, like, cool he is through all of that. He's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I've been through all this stuff anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm just cool now. You know? It's yeah. just like, okay, sweet. Well, but even, like, even in that part, he's like, oh, I don't know about this harebrained idea. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go with it, but also I think it's stupid. Yeah, he relaxes like a normal person. Yeah. But his uh, performance yeah. as an actor performing, mm-hmm. someone performing, yeah. or whatever, is, is kind of cool. I yeah. like it. Well, what I said while we were watching this, he looks like Sean Connery and acts like George Lazenby. 
Yeah, I, I could go with that. Because, like, Blazing Me is, like, a really sarcastic bomb. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's always got, like, a quip for everything, and Cary Grant kind of always had, like, a super sarcastic answer for everything. Yeah, the dialogue's so good. It's so good. It's so well written, and so, like, the chemistry's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all what the, really nails it. All the actors bounce off each other really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I liked it a lot. Highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, it's Hitchcock. You can't go wrong. Yeah, it's Number true. 67 on the charts. What? What? Uh, IMDb top two fifty. Really? really? Number sixty seven. Yeah. Wow. Right huh. above Vertigo and right below another classic. I don't remember. Huh. Weird. Oh, I've never seen Vertigo. I like Vertigo better. I just like Jimmy Stewart though. Jimmy so, Stewart. He just right like, below Citizen King. That's what. Citizen King? King's only number sixty five. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sixty six. That should be like two. Yeah. Um, what? Okay. Anyway. It's IMDb. It's, that's it's true. Based it doesn't matter. Like, is number one still Shawshank Redemption? That's not accurate. Though I like that movie. I was like, what are you talking about? Everyone loves that movie. I do like that movie. It's not number one. Like, come on. Citizen Kane is way better than Shawshank. I feel like... It didn't even win Best Picture that year. Forrest Gump won. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. I mean... Um, yeah. Aliens is 65. Okay. Shawshank Redemption, number one. Yeah. Then The Godfather. Then Part Two. And then The Dark Knight. What? <laughs> and then Pulp Fiction. The Internet, ladies and gentlemen. I love both those movies, but they do not belong in the top five of greatest movies of all time. They're in my personal top five, but that's a different list entirely. <laughs> what? Uh, what? That's, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That makes zero sense to me. Anyway. Well, Fight Club's number ten, if that makes you feel any better. You liked Fight Club. I did, but it's not in my <laughs> top ten of all time, ever. <laughs> Return of the King is number nine. Why? People like movies that... End, end 700 times? End a lot, yeah. The Dark Knight should have ended four times. But... That's true. Empire is number 12, so... At least it <laughs> is the number one Star Wars yeah. movie. <laughs> well, but the thing is, The Dark Knight should have ended like four times before it did. Yes. The Return of the King ended 17 I times before it ended. ended. Like, it had legitimate endings. That's true. <laughs> Dark Knight just should have ended earlier, but <laughs> Return of the King did keep ending. Yeah, it just kept, you know, three or four endings in. Gosh. Uh, that, like, almost ruins that movie for really? me every time I watch it. Oh, it's yeah. so good, though. That's my, like... I always say it's my favorite, and then I watch it again, and then I'm like, number one's my favorite, because it doesn't have all this bullcrap at the end. Is that Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, hate, I, I hate the endings to that movie. There's just too many of them, man. It's a, it's like They're so poorly done. Yeah, they're poorly done. Like That's it's Because it's just so much like, oh, it's over. Just kidding. Oh, it's over. Yeah, just you could have yeah. easily just put in like, I like transitions. Yeah. I like the beginning of Fellowship up until they become the Fellowship. Okay. Well, maybe a little farther. Maybe up to like the Elves Forest. Uh, and then I like the end of the second one with Elm Steve. So if that was like a movie, <laughs> if that was one, that movie. would be my <laughs> If you could just randomly select scenes from yeah. movies and make it. <laughs> that would be super weird. <laughs> well, they like fight the... orcs at the end of the first one. So no. if they had just gone straight to Helm's Deep instead of that weird foresty waterfall place. Yeah, they're still just fighting yeah. orcs. That makes sense, yeah. I guess. Strangely. I mean, and then I guess. just got rid of the rest of it because it doesn't matter. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen. Yeah, because there's way too many words in the books, too. So anyway. There are a lot of things happening. Anyway. 
I'm still playing that movie in my brain. Because <laughs> it's just like, just like, just like them entering the Ellsworths and then smash cut there at Helm's Deep and it's just Helm's Deep until credits. And it's just like, where the hell? How, no, where they, everyone was all together before. They take before. a boat off the waterfall and then Helm's Deep is at the bottom. Oh, okay. There. Got it. So Boromir dies. Yes. Okay, Boromir still dies. So after Boromir dies, they like give him his burial and then they take a boat and then they just fall, they just crash and uh, Helm's Deep is there. Okay. No Gollum. <laughs> no Gollum. This is so ridiculous. Well, Gollum's there, but you just—he's just there for no reason. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, care. Yeah. Yeah. But then you don't get ants. They could be there too, or eagles. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm fine with them eagles. <laughs> I like ants though. Treebeard's dope. He's pretty sweet. Yeah. I just like Tolkien though. So. I like Treebeard. I can't. I'm. I'm not unbiased when it comes to. Lord of the Rings related things. Anyway, alright, so that's North by Northwest. Um, alright, moving on. So, uh, we just got back from seeing Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which is the newest Tom Cruise uh, vehicle this year. He does want a movie a year, usually. Really? Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I didn't know he was that active. Yeah. Feels like every two to three years. Because, like, Edge of Tomorrow came out last June. That's true. He just kind of does what he wants. Yeah, he does. He's powerful enough yeah. to just kind of do what what he feels like. Um, yeah, so we saw Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Um, right off the bat, before we get into anything, if you're going to see this movie, go see it in Dolby Atmos. I've talked about Dolby Atmos on the show before, but this is straight out the director's mouth. He talked about how they filmed it specifically with Atmos in mind, and we saw it that way, and it was the best sounding movie I've seen all summer yeah. for sure yeah it sounded really good also yeah. I guess got a sound background so he knows yeah. how to design sound for movies yeah yeah so, it sounded really good yeah it, it sounded so good um yeah Slade what'd you think um it was pretty good um like I said before I'm not a huge fan of the series so I wasn't expecting a whole lot going in but uh I was really entertained I like I liked it um it's probably for me one of the one of the best ones of the series so far um, it just hit a lot of good points. Um, there's a lot of really cool action set pieces and, and scenes that were shot very well. Really good action. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And like we were saying before, the mix, the sound mix was really good. Atmos sounded like it just really envelops you in the film, um, and it really helps out with those action scenes. Super immersive. Immersive, exactly. That's the word I want. And yeah, I liked it. Um, it wasn't amazing. Um, I, had, I had a few problems with it, but it's the same kind of problems that I have with the whole series. Um, but overall, yeah, overall it was good. What do you got, man? What do I got? It was entertaining. Uh, I don't think it was as good as I was expecting it to be. I thought it was going to be more concise and more, I don't know, solid like the fourth one was. Um, It is paced kind of weird. Yeah, it's got some pacing issues and some dull moments and stuff, but, uh, it was good. Uh, I had, thinking back to my thoughts of the last show... Um, I think Bond has a chance to be better than it now. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. I'd say Bond has a weaker trailer, and Mission Impossible has a strong trailer, but the movies themselves are probably going to be pretty comparable. (laughs) Hmm. That's Um, weird. Because, well, I guess if you were expecting it to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Better than it was. I mean, it was entertaining. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, that's fine. You know, it was like an action movie, you know. I don't know that it was missing anything. I just... 
Yeah. I mean, if anything, it had too much going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of long. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird, because it was only two hours. Really? Yeah. It just felt longer, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it did. It's probably the pacing, though. Yeah. 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 Um, I liked it. I thought the first and second acts were really good. I thought the third act almost fell apart completely. Like, re- kind of like towards the end there, I was like, ooh. It just stops, You keep mentioning though. three acts. I think there were five acts. There was, like, the first act, which is all the beginning stuff, and then a huge slowdown in the second act, yeah. and then a third act where it picks up for th- multiple action scenes in a row, and then another giant slowdown, and then it picks up at the end again. Yeah, oh, I agree that's true. Yeah, That's exactly what it was. That's true. But I just felt, because I said three acts, uh, the reason I say three acts is because everything from, to me, everything from the beginning of the movie to the end of the opera is act one, and then everything after that to the end of the motorcycle accident, or chase, yeah, that, had that action that's, scene. Yeah, that's all t- act two, and then the rest of the movie that is act three. That scene was not an accident. It was very well done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, so after the motorcycle crash, Chase, <laughs> through the end of the movie is act three to me. There's and a lot so, of motorcycle crashes happening. Yeah, there are. There are. Um, but yeah, because I, I, like, like it, when it slowed down kind of in the, the second act you were talking about, it saved itself when it hit the opera scene and like then became a heist movie and then... Yeah. Stuff like that. But then, like, after the motorcycle chase, I kind of didn't care through the end of the movie that much. Like, I, if it would have ended 20 minutes earlier, I would have cared way more. Yeah. I understand that. That's how I felt. But I liked it. Um, it's pretty good. It's got really good action. Really good action. Yeah, really well shot. Just um, looks good. Exciting. Yeah. Christopher McQuarrie did a way better job directing this than he did Jack Reacher. Um I, I was Definitely. really, really Definitely. nervous with him at the helm because I hated Jack Reacher, and he did a good job. Um, Tom Cruise does his own stunts, which I think is awesome, and it helps. Yeah, I mean, it, it legitimizes it a lot. Yeah, and they—I like that they shoot those movies in ways that, you, like, you can't help but notice that it's him. Like, they go out of your way to show you. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no, that's him. there's no yeah. double, there's no. Yeah, yeah. The, all the motorcycle. Shots is just like right up on his face. Yeah, you know, like and he's he's like laying down the knee around the corners and that stuff. That was nuts. Yeah. yeah. So like, well, he, no he helmet. Rides, I though. was so confused how there was no helmet. Yeah. How did they let him do that? Yeah. Whoever did insurance on this movie crapped their pants. Like, because yeah. that's the, even dangerous. if you're not going that fast, it's still that's still super dangerous. dangerous. It looked like he was going pretty fast. I mean, I know it's movie making, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have ramped it. Or undercranked it or whatever. Yeah, but man, it looked really fast. It there were still tight turns. Yeah, and he was yeah. leaning down pretty far. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. He was leaning down the knee. Like it doesn't yeah. take that fast to wipe out and really screw yourself up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he rolled the bike too. Like that's true. Yeah, yeah he, he crashes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That yeah. definitely legitimizes it. Makes it more exciting. Yeah. Um, the plane stunt that everyone's talking about was great. Like watching the full sequence of him like jumping onto the plane. And then hanging yeah. onto it, and then getting sucked into it, like that—that that whole like open was really cool and like James Bondy. Yeah, really exciting. Yeah, it was um, it was different than most, because most of the movies he's not on a mission on the opening scene. Yeah, he's yeah. just hanging out on vacation or you know, yeah, doing yeah, something yeah. crazy extreme, but not for the mission. Yeah, that's true. So I thought that caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah, it kind of puts you more in the universe, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um... Yeah, I thought I thought as just pure spectacle, it was great. But as far as like being that interesting, it wasn't that interesting. Yeah, there's 
I don't know. I like, because I don't like the Ethan Hunt character. I right. just find him boring. We talked about this last time. But what this movie did well is it, like you were saying, um, it really brought a, like, a team aspect. Like, that's what you wanted, you said, last mm-hmm. time. Is it? And I feel like it really brought that a lot. Yeah. Um, for sure all, it was a buddy movie Yeah, him and Simon Pegg, which was great. Which is nice. Awesome. Yeah, and he's he's a great character, and you care about him in the film. And bringing together all these characters that have been in the movie before, so they're, like, established, they kind of have a character, you know who they are, and bringing them back kind of felt... Um, you cared about it more, you know, mm-hmm. like you were more invested, which was really nice for me. Uh, so I was more involved and I really liked, um, the, the new woman in it. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Alana. Uh, her name's Rachel something. I Ilsa. Think. Ilsa. She was, she was Ilsa in the movie. But right. Yeah. Yeah. She, and I think, I thought she was great. I thought she was really she good. Excellent. Um, yeah. She was really. Run for like a nobody. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, really interesting. Um, her character was really interesting. She provided for me a lot of the intrigue in the movie mm-hmm. of what side was she on. She would help mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and then kind of like do something that was like for the bad guys. So you're like really confused on where she is, who she's working for. First you think she's helping Tom Cruise. Then you're like, oh no, she's not because she stole the information that they need. And then she beats up all the bad guys. And yeah. you're like, wait, who is she Why? working for? <laughs> yeah. you, you just don't know. So that really, for me, helped like kind of carry it through. Yeah, uh, Rebecca Ferguson is Rebecca right. Ferguson. Um, yeah, she was really good. So she provided a lot of that, and I feel like why you felt that it kind of died at the end is because she became not kind of like a non-issue. Yeah, at the end, yeah. and it yeah. just became about um, Ethan Hunt and whatever the the, guy. whatever the bad guy's name was. Yeah, who was not interesting at all. He was just very boring. Yeah, um, he was menacing, but just kind of boring. Yeah. Um, so it just became that. So and you kind of lost a lot of the built-up um, emotional connection with the rest of the other characters. I kept reading that the bad guy was terrible in it. Oh, really? I didn't think he was terrible. No, he wasn't terrible. I, I really didn't. I thought he was a good, menacing character. He was fine. And he, technically, he had more to do in this movie than the bad guy in North by Northwest did. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's true. I just, I don't know. He was just, he was not that interesting to me. I thought he did a good job. Like, I thought he gave a good performance. I like, he was also a nobody. Well, I don't yeah, know I haven't seen him before. Yeah, he's just evil Simon Pegg. <laughs> Strangely, yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, like, I thought it was like I, I liked the like kind of almost understated. Like it, he played it very cold. Yeah, and I like I really like cold villains. Yeah, um, methodical. Yeah, very methodical. Well, but sur- surgical was the term. That yeah, he, he, he used surgical, himself. Yeah. yeah, but it just like it was so convoluted. His whole thing with the syndicate that I like didn't care that much. So it was like, what? I mean, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, it wasn't a- a immediately threatening. Yeah. You just cared that he was going to kill mm-hmm. Ilsa. Yeah. You just didn't want her to get killed or found out. Or yeah. Whatever. And then that when was she it. was safe, I was like, well, I don't care what this guy does. Yeah, you don't care what he Which does. Which is crazy because he was orchestrating, like, massive terrorist attacks. Yeah. And I didn't care that he was going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they made me care about people who weren't the team 0% in this movie. And that's, like, kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's, like... My problem with the whole series is, like, really funny is there's some, there's some humor in it and there's some few scenes in it that I, I feel like are just kind of awkward when you, like, when they drug the prime minister and um, that captain chief guy and they, like, get all the information from him and stuff. And they're saying ridiculous things because they're drugged. It's just, like, supposed to be, like, the mask. You like the mask. I do like the mask. And I'm glad there was I a mask. I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I knew there was a mask. Yeah. That's the thing about the mask, though. you got to not expect it. 
And if you expect it, then there should be another mask hiding somewhere. I was kind of hoping. Well, it was so mask. late in the movie. I was it like, was. It's coming right now. Yeah. It's coming. It's, I <laughs> thought it was going to be Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Me to be too. Perfectly honest. I thought it was going to be Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Which would have been better. It would have been better if he pulled off the mask, Tom Cruise. Pulls off the other mask, somebody else. <laughs> just like double Steven mask. Steven Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Done. But, the, yeah, some of the humor um, doesn't work for me in these movies. They, mm-hmm. I feel like the tone is all over the place. And it tries to be serious and then it tries to throw in this comic relief. But it just doesn't work for me. They don't, um, Simon Pegg is good in it. He's, he's the comic relief in it. And whenever they tried to do other comic relief with other people, didn't work. Yeah. In my opinion. And it was just kind of all over the I think the there's good visual jokes in it. There's in a few. This one. Um, more so than the other ones. Yeah, uh, which the humor in the other ones is bad. Like, really bad. This one isn't quite... Yeah, I think bad. when they give anyone who's not Simon Pegg or Ving Rhames jokes, it's not that good. Yes. But I think the visual... Like, there is good, like, visual humor or, like, expecting one thing and then having, like, having another thing happen, like, when Jeremy Renner, like, after the motorcycle... Or after the car chase. Before the motorcycle chase. Yeah. After the the car chase, that, like, the motorcycle guy's, like, walking towards... Yeah, and he gets hit by the and car. And he gets hit by the car. Like, yeah. I thought that was funny. Like, that worked for me. I don't know. Um, just didn't do it. Yeah, it didn't work for me. Either. See, it's just like awkward, like because comic relief is supposed to relieve some tension, you know, and mm-hmm. set up this thing. But it's just like it's too, it's almost too predictable. And when well, it I happens, think in that case, it it didn't work because the whole car crash in that scene was ridiculous. Already. Yeah, I was already like yeah. when it flipped over like thirty times. Yeah, yeah. I was, was like, like oh, there was no, CG. there was yeah. no suspense there for it to break. It was already broken, so it just happened. And, and like, the chase whatever. was still going on. Yeah. Like, I don't... It just didn't work. It's just, like, weird tonally for me. Yeah. I don't um, know. I really like the scene of the opera. I feel like we'd be doing a disservice not talking about that. That was the most... I love... This... Mission Impossible does those kind of scenes well. Yeah. The, in, the infiltration, yeah. the spy kind of stuff. Stealth. Stealth. You know, when when he's in the opera and he's trying to figure, find the, um, the bad guy. And um, there's people that are going to kill the prime minister and... There's another person, and there's another person, and you're like, wait, where are all these people coming from? What are they for? And they ha- had that fight on the crane, and you're like, oh, don't yeah. fall off, you know? like. And then Simon Pegg just keeps ruining everything. Yeah. So that, <laughs> oh, that yeah. humor worked for me. Yes. yes. I really like that scene, because, like, part of the way through it, I was like, this is going on forever, and I'm fine with it. I, like, yeah. I had the realization that it was a long scene, but I was like, that's fine. Like, this scene is awesome. And I liked that they spent time with it. Because I feel like any other scene would be like, get him in there, get the intel he needs, get out so you can plan the like big, crazy action set piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quantum of Solace is what comes to mind. When yeah, he goes kinda, to that. yeah, yeah, Does yeah, he yeah. like go to an opera in that? I... Yeah, some sort I of weird. Show. It was outdoor though, or something. Yeah, like some big ass play. It was or like something. a party or something. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but so like that's what that was. That scene reminded me of that in the back of my head. But I thought this movie did it better than Quantum Solace did because it like spent time in it much better spent time in it and like I don't know the, the the yeah there's an inherent tension to it because there's like a live performance going on yeah and, and you don't like, want them to get found out because there's tons of people just sitting there and yeah. you don't want them to find out so yeah it was that that scene was so good I like that and then the underwater scene I thought was awesome yeah it was the same kind of a, you know the mission scenes yeah you know, get the mission done and that's what Mission Impossible does and has done pretty well yeah you know, those those kind of things it honestly reminded me of like Grand Theft Auto 5 the movie um but like not like murdering hookers and stuff but like like Grand <laughs> okay. Theft Auto 5 has like a bunch of heists you can do okay and those are hands down the coolest parts of that game 
Like, I just played through the whole story just to get to the heists, because those are the most fun parts. And you like heists. Yeah, obviously. Who doesn't like heists? Exactly. Um, and, like, there was a heist in Mission Impossible, and I was like, yes! And it was awesome. Yeah, that seems pretty good. It's, yeah. like, it's okay. Yeah, know? it's a very fun yeah. movie. Like, it, it's, it does that thing, like, I talked about last time, where he's underwater, and he's holding his breath. Right. And then they have to add to it. And then they have to... No, this isn't suspenseful enough. We need to make him get hit by this weirder swinging arm thing. And then drop both of the, like, hard drives that look identical. You know, it's like, yeah, because that needed to happen. Because it's not already suspenseful. It's just, like, takes me out of it. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, he better get it, you know? Because you're in, and he's time limit, and he's got to get it exact time. And he's like, no, we don't have to get it exact time. Because he has another two minutes to try and climb (laughs) his way back to the thing. Just like... Takes me out of it. It's so absurd, you know. So that's that's what bugs me. It's like it could have been good, much. but then it's just too much. Yeah. So that's just me. Though. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I don't necessarily agree. I get it, but I don't know. You're okay with it? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I think there's like an element of campiness to the entire. I do too. Movie series. See, and that's what bugs me about it. I feel like there is on purpose, though. Yeah. Not, not on accident. I feel like there is, but they. Don't admit it. They're trying not to admit. It. They're trying to hide the campiness I agree under the that. serious facade, mm-hmm. and neither of them work. So neither the seriousness nor the campiness like fit together because they're not committing to either one. I think that's what I'm. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been trying to say this whole time about yeah. the series, and that's why it doesn't work for me because I wish it would just commit. And why I like the second one the most because out of all of them, I feel like that's the one that's just like, no, this movie is supposed to be ridiculous. Let's just make it ridiculous. Yeah, it commits to the campiness. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I I understand that way more now. Um, yeah, I'm still fine with it. Yeah, that's. I mean, whatever. Yeah, you know, you take it I'm still fine there. with it. But yeah, I understand your point of view significantly more, and I think that's very valid. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm glad that that makes sense in my brain and to <laughs> other people now. Yeah, yeah. You're still wrong about it's... the second one, <laughs> but see, yeah. I was arguing with it about this on uh, Facebook with someone, with Mike, Mike specifically. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that's because I just like John Woo too. And he directed the same one. Yeah. And, the, you know, just slow-mo doves. I'm okay with that. Slow-mo you know, doves. I like it. <laughs> but. Um, anyway. I want to read a tweet from Film Crit Hulk. Oh, that's the film critic that pretends to be the Hulk and reviews movies? Yes. Okay. He tweeted, No one cares more about you enjoying their movie more than Tom Cruise does. This means everything. And I totally agree with that. Because I feel like when Tom Cruise makes a movie... Vin Diesel. Fair enough. Vin Diesel cares more than Tom Cruise if you like his movie. He wants you to like his movie more than Tom Cruise. I feel like they're... Yeah. But I feel like Tom Cruise cares a lot. He does. And I I appreciate that. I think that's what I was trying to articulate last week when I was just like, I just love Tom Cruise. I think I love Tom Cruise because I feel like... I get the sense from him that like he wants to entertain people... And that's what movies, like, first and foremost are entertainment. And so he just, like, wants to do the best job possible. And the way he commits to that is really impressive and, like, I think should be celebrated. I like that. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I just feel like that should be the, like, baseline. For everyone? Yeah. Yes, I agree. But it's not. So, like, that's what makes him stand out. So it's a stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why... Vin Diesel's better only because he's relatable and not a crazy person in real life. Yes. (laughs) That's true. Even yeah. though he's gigantic, he's still relatable. Yeah, yeah and he plays D and D, which Tom is awesome. Play D and D. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just like I just like that Tom Cruise is like yeah, I just want people to be entertained, enjoy my crazy. And I'm cool with it. I'm totally fine with that. Like 
as an actor, I'm fine with him. It's just, mm-hmm. like I said, Ethan, him playing Ethan Hunt in the movie, I just don't care. Like, mm-hmm. he just doesn't do anything that makes me want to care about him in the, in the film. Because I know people that straight up hate Tom Cruise in oh, general. Oh, no. Like, he's fine. It's just, oh. like, if you take, if I never watched a single behind the scenes or knew that he, like, did that plane scene by himself, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, if I didn't know that and just watched the movie, it just doesn't do anything for him a lot of times. And the things that are good in this movie is all that, like, extra cast. Bing Rames, Simon Pegg, um, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. Um, those are the people that are, really make me want to watch this movie. Not Jeremy Renner and Alec Baldwin. No, no. Jeremy Renner, disappointing. Yeah. Because I really liked him in the last, one. the last one. He was yeah. the best one in the last one. Best character, yeah. and he had the, some of the best scenes. Um, in this one, he's just... Well, his character was written pretty poorly in this one. Yeah, That's true. With the dialogue, very poor. And then if he, it felt like he... Either he knew that, or he was just kind of lazy because he's an Avenger now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hawkeye. I do what I want. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, the, but the dialogue didn't help him, like you're yeah, saying. It, it really didn't. didn't, and yeah. he was very bland. And my biggest complaint, I think, in the movie is his character, the way it was written. It was like self-aware of the ridiculousness and just kind of making fun of it. Yeah, he was for in, the audience, not invested. Not that the audience wanted to make fun of it, but he was just kind of making fun of it. Yeah, like, Boy. every time Tom Cruise wanted to do, like, a crazy Mission Impossible type thing, he was the voice of, like, the audience being like, no, that's stupid and ridiculous, why would you do that? Let's just, just make a phone call. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, obviously that's the real answer, but I don't care because it's a Mission Impossible movie and it's a heightened sense of reality. Yeah. yeah. And also it's called Mission Impossible. <laughs> like. Not according to uh, Simon Pegg. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's for, true. Yeah, that was it's acceptable. Like a also, devil's advocate. They also yeah. wasted an opportunity when they were like, we're going to heist this thing. And she was like, well, we could try it, but it's impossible. And they just lingered on Tom Cruise for a second. I really wanted him to be like, so you're saying it's a mission impossible? <laughs> there was That's the thing. There's a bunch of times when I really wanted him to have a one-liner, and he yeah. didn't. There are no one-liners and, in it. And No, there are. And there are some other times where he had one-liners where I didn't want them to have one-liners. Okay. Like, everything Alec Baldwin says is absurd. Yeah. Like... See, I was okay with it because it's Alec Baldwin. Yeah, he's see, just there hanging out. It just out. makes it more him saying ridiculous things is like okay in your brain. But that's, take it back to the dialogue. It's just like the dialogue wasn't great. It was just like missed opportunities um, with like some things that he could have had like funny, cool one-liners, and other ones where it's just like, well, that was yeah. who? Why did you say that? Yeah, you know, like Alec Baldwin's line about returning the UK-US relations to the Revolutionary War. Yeah, and I was just like, what? <laughs> It was an Alec Baldwin line. It was. My yeah. biggest problem with him was his hair, honestly. Yeah, it was. It, like, was... <laughs> it was, like, too perfect in every shot, and I was like, how do they get his hair like that? Yeah. It was like a Lego man hair. Like, not That's that so shape, funny. but it just like it just looked like they popped it on and then, yeah. like, popped it off in between takes. <laughs> I agree with that. I didn't notice that. I did. I, it was real big, I think, is why. Like, it was, like, most of and his it, head. Yeah. I mean, I guess hair is most of your head, but you know what I mean. And just like very noticeable. Yeah, when yeah. it was when it was in shot, it was like it took up a lot of the shot when they did a close up <laughs> on him. <laughs> Ridiculous. And it was like fashionable, but he was playing like a senior CIA agent, which is supposed to be like classic and yeah, observed. like wise. <laughs> yeah, you know, like just like parted, experience. like just parted hair. Yeah, yeah. like he's been he's seen it everything before, not like. I have this cool stylized hair. Yeah. Yeah. Strategically disheveled. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And I think I think part of the reason I'm bummed about the way Jeremy Renner was in this movie is because he was great in the last one. Yeah. And also because I think the idea 
of having the IMF finally have to deal with the bureaucracy of the American government is a really good idea. I think it's really hard to execute, and they didn't do a good job of it. And to make that interesting in a Mission Impossible movie would be really difficult. Um, but I also feel like they didn't try enough in it. Yeah, it, it just kind of goes against what you want to watch in the movie. Yeah, it yeah. does. But you I know, also think it's like, I think it's a good idea. Like, I think in theory it works, but I, I'm not necessarily I, sure. It's kind of always been there, though, because there's always been some sort of corruption within that's, yeah, the upper that's, IMF. That's um, true, but it's officials. different than like, than like, be, like having to deal with like the government being like, we're going to defund you. And stuff like, you know, Jeremy Renner had to like navigate through the like red tape and that's like kind of inherently boring. Yes. Watching people just deal with red tape. Like you just want people to have free agency to do what they want, which is why like. Which they still did in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. That's also probably a really big problem. But I mean, that happens a lot in James Bond movies where they're like, the setup to James Bond movie is like. Okay, here's your mission, but also here's all this red tape. And then James Bond is like, cool. And then, and then just does what he wants. That's true. He always does what he wants. Yeah. And so, but, and then they never go back to the red tape. And that works in James Bond movies, but these like aren't James Bond movies. So yeah. Do something different. And like, right? and not only do something different, but don't make the red tape portion like a See, quarter of your movie. They kind of, they kind of did that with Ghost Protocol where they yeah. like, Took everything away and they said, okay, this is, you know, we have one emergency van. We've only got this amount of gear to use. And this is what we're going to do with it. But in this movie, it's just like, they still have everything everywhere. Yeah. No matter where they travel have... to. Yeah. I still, I felt that way in the, in the last one too, though. They're like, all these movies, just like, I'm on my own, but I have 16 passports and eight safe houses and all the gear I could possibly need to make masks and, um, spy equipment. So I guess it doesn't actually matter, even though everyone's chasing me, you know? Yeah. So, this one specifically, though. Yeah. I mean, it was it was fine. I don't know. I, I had a good I time with it. it. I, I liked it. it. I, I enjoyed it. Like, it was a fun movie to watch. Yeah. You know? It was, I was sufficiently entertained by it. And I feel like the second half of the summer has been stronger than the first half so far. Yeah. By a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, I feel like June was kind of a wasteland. What came out in June? I feel like June's always a wasteland. I don't know why, but Jurassic even... World. Yeah. Oh, I don't That's care about specifically that. Specifically, what I was talking. I about. do not care about. Oh, Terminator came out in June. No, that came out. No, in July. It came out early July. Did it? Yeah. yeah. Came All out right. July fourth or third, July. whatever. Third. Inside Out came out in June. That was good. Yeah. Didn't see it till July. Haven't seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, most of the stuff I did on the podcast has been garbage lately. So, so well, how about the? Was good. Yeah, Amy was great. Are we going to talk about comparisons between the two movies as far as how much closer they were related? Oh, yeah, yeah. Than we I expected do want to talk it to be. That. Yeah, like the, it's so it was so interesting watching this movie and just like picking up on like the spy movie tropes that were set up in North by Northwest that are still part of the spy movie genre today. Like there were so many things, so many things in yeah. it. Like like I just said, I, both of the female characters in these movies were like kind of the same. Yeah. And to me, they were the both the best parts of the movie. Yep. Yep. There was like this interesting female character who's pretty charismatic and mysterious. Yeah. And you want to know more about her, and a lot of the emotional connection in the film is based on who, where she is. Yeah. Which side? Which she's on. side she's on? Mm-hmm. You know what happens to her? And it's like exactly the same in both movies. Yep. Really interesting. It's like like that. Just a, took a page right out of North by Northwest. I think the only difference is immediately you know that Ilsa in Mission Impossible is an agent versus yes, what's I don't know what her character name is, 
Um, what is her? I don't character? remember. I don't you remember. Saying. But she just looks yeah. like a passenger, and you don't yeah. know that yeah. she's involved with anything yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah, she's a little more mysterious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and just like I don't know, I feel like even some of the shot composition is kind of like out of the Hitchcock book, or like the way the camera moves in a lot of the scenes. Yeah, the way it moves. The way the yeah, the camera moves is very like. I don't want to say Hitchcockian because I didn't get a Hitchcock vibe yeah, off of it, but it's very north by northwest. Yeah. Um, specifically. Especially, like, um, at the beginning of the opera scene, there's this great part where it, like, sets up. It, like, follows Simon. Or, no, no, no. The, uh, the camera is, like, dollying, and it goes to the Austrian ambassador, who's going to be an important part of it. And it kind of circles around them and catches Simon Pegg and follows him kind of up the stairs into the opera house, but then that uh, police guy is there, and the camera switches focus and follows him back towards the ambassador, yeah. and then kind of cranes up and like catches Tom Cruise staring at Simon Pegg, and then follows him through the upper layer of the... I was like, that was so Hitchcock. Yeah. And just like the beginning of Northwest Northwest, you have all these people moving around, and you're following the character through... You know, getting in the taxi and moving mm-hmm. around through the system, and you're you kind of catch somebody for a second that's walking by, and yeah, you look at them, and you're like back, and yeah, very similar, yeah. Um, and so it's just interesting. Like I never realized how much, obviously, because I hadn't seen the movie before, but it just North by Northwest like influenced spy movies for the rest of spy movies <laughs> for all of yeah. them. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, I mean, I actually, it actually worked out a lot better than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Me too. I was even just even related. just plot wise, it was. Yeah, that's true because it was all like shadow organizations. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. They how explained it. a little bit more about the syndicate than the whatever. Yeah. The evil bad guy, evil or, bad guy organization was. Yeah, that one. but yeah, he was like part of this bigger organization too in North and Northwest. Yeah. In Europe. <laughs> oh, he started dang. the syndicate. That's, Maybe that's my theory. They, Originally, yeah. Yeah. like Shield. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho like like Shield's been around forever. Anti Shield. Yeah. Yeah. Anti-Anna. <laughs> yeah. See, another terrible line. That was awful. Yeah. That was really Well, bad. that was in the trailer, but... Yeah. It was, it was stupid in the trailer, too. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought it was interesting that both movies had an auction house scene. I was thinking about that. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. I was thinking about that, and I think a lot of spy movies have either an auction house or an opera. Or it's both. It's just, like, fancy stuff. I yeah. I feel like there's this yeah. facade of, like... Wealth and expensive things, yeah, you know, and like especially auction, James Bond, movies. especially James Bond, yeah. Um, of so like opera, auction house, so just like things rich people do, yeah, you know, this yeah. is all we think they do, yeah, because you have to wear tuxes to them, and yeah. Stuff. yeah, just because spies look better in tuxes. Well, everyone looks better in tuxes, fair enough. So it's fancy, you can hide more in your suit, yeah, exactly. It's you got all the gadgets in your yeah, suit, special yeah. vests, and whatever, yeah, makes sense. That's weird. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And, like, another thing that North by Northwest has affected, like, auction house scenes in a bunch of spy movies. Yeah, the first one to do all that. It's weird to think, looking at it now, that this was just the first North by Northwest. Yeah. Just the like, first one. Yeah. So all of these things that it did, it's just like, oh, yeah, you just accept it and go with it. When yeah. it really is just like, no, that was the first time that happened. Yeah. It's, like, a huge deal, actually, if you think about it. Because, like, we still see that. Yeah. Well, obviously. Just... We literally just talk about how we still see that. It's just the standard. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It, it's always super interesting. That's one of my favorite things about the podcast is like watching an older movie and being like, oh, this is the first time this happened, but it's so affected like what I saw here. Um, I think the same thing happened when we did Duel. 
Um, What's Duel? Duel's Spielberg's first movie. Oh, that's right. It was so interesting just seeing like how Spielbergy it was. Like it's not that good of a movie. Yeah. But like it's just it just looks so much like a Spielberg movie, and it's like, man, just this is the first one, but it has all these things I take for granted every time I watch a Spielberg movie now. But just the way he moves the camera and like yeah, how it looks, how yeah, it how feels. It looks, yeah, it just has his yeah. stamp on it from the beginning, and like you know, he, Hitchcock, his stamp is on movie history like it's just throughout every every movie of every genre you're like oh that was hitchcock basically. yeah you're like oh yeah okay yeah and like spielberg i feel like there's a very specific like like style of movie yeah that that does very like specific types of shots yeah you know and yeah, yeah and so things. like if you watch a movie and you feel like it's inspired by spielberg it's like a certain type but if you watch a movie and just find hitchcock in it it, should, it could be anywhere like it just could be mm-hmm. anything Cool. Uh, you guys good? Yeah. Yeah. Go Sweet. see both of them. Yeah. Specifically North by Northwest. Yeah, it is the better movie. It but is. By, by yes. far. Yeah. But Mission Impossible is, like, pretty fun. I don't yeah, know. you're, you're looking for out. Time to Kill. Like, you can do a lot worse. Yeah. Um, all right. Still uh, better than Jurassic World. True. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I have not seen that, thankfully. Good. No. It was amazing how empty the theater was compared to the day we saw Jurassic World. It was so upsetting. Which is sad. I was mad about that. Um, all right. Uh, before and after show at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about Mission Impossible. Let us know what your favorite movie in that franchise is. Let us know what your favorite Hitchcock movie is. Uh, you'll get read right on the air if you email. I'm still waiting. Um, at before and after pod on Twitter. That's at before the letter N after pod. Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, comment, subscribe, like, you know the deal. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah. yeah it's fun. No problem. Yeah. It was fun. Until next time, go watch more Hitchcock movies. I agree. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>